When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. And uh, always great to go in another direction here on the program. And uh, Luby has taken some flack from his wife, which uh, he's very much Svengalied by anyway. But uh, she is saying that we don't do enough uh, with, with women and women's issues on these programs, uh, even though in general, I mean, we tend to focus in on the toy department there, because our real bag is uh, the world of sports. But a pleasure to welcome to the program and try and diversify things a little bit. The lovely Paula Ferris, who uh, you are no doubt familiar with uh, from her appearances, anchoring on Good Morning America, and uh, also as part of The View. Two shows, Paula, that uh, really are never immersed in any kind of controversy. (laughs) Never. There's never any controversy. And that's like, that's hard to do these days, right? (laughs) Great to be on the show with you guys. Yeah, great to have you on. Uh, a very accomplished, uh, you know, a journalist, uh, Emmy Award-winning journalist, uh, Paula, uh, now uh, championing a cause uh, for uh, millions uh, of overwhelmed and depleted working moms. Tell us about this uh, latest project, uh, the book, Don't Have to Carry It All. Yeah, it's called You Don't Have to Carry It All, Ditch the Mom Guilt, and Find a Better Way Forward. And first of all, let me say thank you to the both of you for having me on, because I have an entire chapter dedicated towards um, inviting men into this conversation. And Defo and Luby, we can't do this without you. We can't change the game for working moms. The The book is is essentially setting up like how we can give working moms the support they need, but also the why behind it. And it's a hug and it's a sword for, for moms everywhere. Luby, I suggest you read it, get one for your wife. It's a hug and a sword towards a better way forward for working and momming. Sounds good. I mean, uh, tell us about uh, the essence of some of the things uh, that are part of the message of this book. Yeah, for sure. So I had a chance to put on my journalist hat. You know, I spent years in network television. And what really inspired me to write the book was just seeing, you know, as a journalist, you're supposed to suss out inequities, right? And one of the biggest inequities is the treatment of women once we become mothers. And it is fact not feeling that once you become a mother, you are paid less, you are scrutinized more, and you are valued less. You know, there are things called the mommy gap, the mom penalty, and the mom tax. And you know, working mom, we don't even have, like, there's not even a term for working dads, right? Um, but mothers are paid 70 cents on the dollar once we become moms. We're not deemed viable leaders anymore. We're passed over on promotions and we're scrutinized more when the reality is I dig into, you know, the research and history, um, but the research for how motherhood actually equips up, equips us with these capabilities that we didn't have before. I mean, we're more efficient. We're more empathetic. We're more courageous. We're better leaders. We're better visionaries. So there's this perception of motherhood, and then there's the reality, which I dig into. We get into the history of how we got to this point. Like, why is it so hard to be a working mom in America? Because we're more burnout than we've ever been, and it's harder to be a working mom here in this country than anywhere else. So the why behind it, I really, I talk to renowned uh, thought leaders from all over the country and all walks of life, you know, different political affiliations as well, experts, um, historians, sociologists, theologians, you name it. 
to figure out how and why we can give working moms the support that they need. So it's all really grounded in research and history, but very story driven. And it's helpful and it's hopeful. Well, okay. Well, where are we today? Because it's funny. uh, I am young enough to have grown up where it's not new for mothers to work. Default is from a different era, um, but growing up in the 80s and 90s, my whole life, my mother did stay at home for a little bit, but she worked. And most of my friends, both parents worked. So we've been 40, Mm -hmm. 50 years in here where this isn't new. Yet to this day, if you're a father and you're fathering and working, oh my God, what an honorable man you are. And mothers just assumed, (laughs) even to this day, it's, it's, it's strange to me that we have, as far as we've come, it feels like we're really far away from where we should be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was really interesting to me. One entire chapter, I dig into the history of American families. And so much of it, Luby, is what we've been taught and kind of how we've been raised. Like my mother stayed at home. We didn't have a lot of money, but that was like, that was my purview. Right. Um, And the reality is now like 70% of, of mothers are going to be the primary breadwinner in their, in their, um, in their home for their children. So if we continue to pay mother 70 cents on the dollar and by the way those numbers are even lower for mothers of color if we continue to pay mothers 70 cents on the dollar compared to fathers and and devaluing motherhood debt poverty all of that's going to continue and also like why can't we be celebrated for having kids Mm -hmm. because what happens i mean you guys are smart if we don't have kids what happens we don't have a society and we don't have a labor force so the fact that we are in the labor force we we are needed in the labor force and the majority of moms these days have to work we need to be treated better we need to be well supported and also like mothers are ideal employees we can just get it done because motherhood has changed us we are incredibly efficient but you know for the naysayers so like why is this my problem well even if you don't have children i get it and i hear that question all the time so i address a lot of the critics too you guys um you know at the end of the day like families are either you know our priority and children are either the future of this country or they're not there are children are our greatest natural resource or they're not and if we make it harder for families to have children just think about it fewer children equal fewer laborers in in the labor market and if we don't have enough laborers we can't grow our economy so that means economic crisis so supporting families which make up the majority of the workplace especially mothers Supporting families in the workplace isn't just the right thing to do. It's good for our country's bottom line. It's good for everybody. That's funny, too. I mean, uh, I'm thinking back to a time I was sitting with my accountant, and uh, I was making some decent coin at the mm-hmm. time, and he said, remember when you used to dream about making 100 grand a year? And, uh, you know, I, unfortunately that year, I think I was paying 100 grand in taxes at, at a very astronomical rate. I didn't have the uh, Trump privilege. Uh, but, uh, and I, I thought, wow, I mean, a hundred grand, I, I, it did seem like a milestone, you know, for kids, uh, or people that grew up, uh, you know, when, when I was uh, growing up in the fifties, it seemed far fetched, but now a hundred grand doesn't do you much good. So even, uh, you yeah. know, if the father, uh, you know, and the man of the house is, uh, you know, making a decent amount of coin by any standard uh, that we we're accustomed to, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be uncommon that the woman, uh, the mother would also have to go out there and work, you know, just to make ends meet. And, and it still would be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, what's interesting is I think we've all been conditioned where, like, the dad brings home the paycheck and the mom stays home. Well, that's very much like, uh, you know, a product of the 1950s, which you look at the 1950s, this time of life where we kind of romanticize. I know I did until I actually, you know, did all the research for this book. And I realized I had a ton of blind spots about, like, what we've gone through as a society. The reason that 
certain families thrived. I mean, in the 50s, what was good for part of the people part of the time, you guys, was, was based on awful things like blacks were forced out of the workforce. Women yep. couldn't were forced out of the workforce. Yep. Uh, rape was still legal in marriage. Men came home with lipstick on their collar. But the women, what could they do? They didn't have a job. Um, teen pregnancies were on the rise. So I don't want to go back to the 50s. And that's a time that we romanticize, right? And um, again, like it's really important that you guys are part of this conversation because yep. you're dealing with your own set of patriarchy and you're dealing with your own set of messages. Like you're only as good, uh, Defoe and Luby, as the money that you bring home. That's mm. all. That's that's what you've been hearing since you for were sure. young. And so I think I think for us as women, and again, I have a whole chapter dedicated to this. Like we have to understand as women that men are already coming into this conversation. You guys are already a little intimidated to have this conversation. You're feeling less than, but you're also dealing with your social constructs that we need to deconstruct, right? Because I think, yes, you know, the what the 50s did is, you know, everybody has a clear lane. You know, the mom takes care of the kids and the dad, the dad brings home the paycheck, right? But that actually broke down because the father was no longer involved with the family. Right. And then if the mother needed to work, which again, most moms need to work now, you know, she there, she was deemed a menace or there was something wrong with her. Actually, the most traditional family that we've ever had in America, and I talk about this in Chapter 3, is the family that worked side by side, the mother and the father. They co-labored, they co-produced, they raised the children together. That's actually the most traditional family that we've had throughout American history. But I welcome you guys into this fight. We need to, you know, lock arms with us. We need allies. We need parents. We need non-parents. Again, at the end of the day, supporting families and mothers in the workplace it's good for everybody. It will benefit our entire country. Emmy Award winner. You can see why. Uh, journalist yes. uh, and, of course, uh, uh, GMA <laughs> and The View. Uh, Paula Ferris with us. The book is called You Don't Have to Carry It All. Sounds fascinating. We thank you, Paula, for being a part of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. You got the names right, the nicknames. And uh, maybe next time, you know, we'll, we'll start with, uh, was there really any tension on the set of The View? But uh, we appreciate you coming on the program. And Thanks we'll so much. And... that right there. <laughs> <Thanks a> lot, <laughs> Best guys, of luck with the you. book. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you guys jumping into the ring with this conversation, too, and joining the fight. It means a lot. Good luck, Paula. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Paula Ferris. All right. Delightful young lady, huh? Yeah, she was great. Uh, Luby? Normally, uh, we wouldn't have gone that long with the uh, with the book theme necessarily. We would have tried to jump into the tension on the view. <laughs> is, uh, is there anybody that wasn't at one time feuding with either Joy Bahar or Whoopi on That's the view? The thing, is it, but it felt like she. What is it they're trying to accomplish there? Uh, do you have any idea? I mean, a highly rated and successful show on the air for like three hundred years already since Barbara Wawa was in uh, diapers herself, and wildly uh, successful, and, and it's all based on the fact that they uh, they yeah. hate the conservative on the show, right? Well, that's what it is. There's always one to two conservatives, and they fight, and they yell. What's funny Elizabeth about, Hasselbeck, she was a wreck. She was a good time. Yeah. My dad is the one in my family that actually likes that show. My dad weirdly likes The View, and I don't understand it, and I don't care what your political leanings are. It just feels like another one of the shows where people want to be yelling at each other, and I've never been a fan of that. Yeah, they get into all this heavy political stuff, and, and then they'll have like a schmooze with, with some actress uh, that just uh, came out with a new show on uh, Netflix or whatever. Uh, you know, or they'll have uh, uh, Liam Neeson, uh, you know, sitting there in between them. And I'm thinking, it must be really awkward for this guy <laughs> to just jump into the middle of the set there. I mean, I, I would get a flop sweat going or something. I mean, sitting there as a target on the view. You? I, 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 I would I would definitely not ca chastise women. <laughs> I would be very open minded. Yeah, yeah. You don't see Charlie Sheen on that show. No, no. No. Uh, all right. Uh, that was good. I mean, uh, Paula Ferris, uh, and she responded to this whole GMA thing, which uh, I, I don't know. How do you feel about this thing? Uh, should those cats have been fired? 
T.J. Holmes, uh, Amy Robach. Amy Robach, an extremely attractive woman. For a woman of 50, I mean, uh, even more incredible that she looks like she's in her, uh, you know, um, early 30s maybe. And, uh, and, and T.J. Holmes, a very sharp-looking guy. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that I've seen a guy that, that was, uh, you know, better suited for that kind of show than this guy was, uh, along with Robach. But they get canned because they were having an affair, and uh, I, I guess they were still legally married at the time, but apparently they, they were carrying on. And, and it blindsided all these people on, a, on ABC staff that were appalled by this. Mm. What do you make of that, Louie? Like, none of them had ever done anything. I, I, didn't, I didn't find it all that harmful. I mean, if they want to, you know, sleep together, who cares, right? I know. I've always been one, and that's what's so funny is, as a guy who... Should, should you be out in the open about having an affair at work? That, that's the question. I mean, it happened in the sporting world uh, with, uh, you know... Uh, you know me, the, the coach of the Celtics, right? Oh, Yudoka, Ime Yudoka. Yeah. Yudoka, Yudoka, Yudomi. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I try. <laughs> I'm thinking I, of the Domi, the hockey player. Yes, you are. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've never poked. Look, is it morally or ethically wrong? I guess, but it's not illegal. I, to me, unless you have, I guess, standards as a company. But then, why would you have that? Like, it's if I'm cheating on my wife, then that's on my that's on me and my wife. Like, that's not my. Big is job. that in some company policy or in a Maybe. contract somewhere where they Probably. say, hey, you, you're not allowed to have any affairs with any people at work? Now, I, I understand, you know, the implications. They're media. They're media. If you got a Matt Lauer thing and he's got some intern in his room and he's got, a, you know, a lock on the door there that uh, locks behind her, uh, th- that cannot be a good look for the company. That, that, that's more than understandable. But two, uh, you know, consenting adults that, that you know, I mean, uh, they, they were leaving their uh, respective uh, spouses anyway. Who, who cares if they were having an affair? Do you? I mean, yeah, uh, would that person. be grounds for dismissal? That, that seems like uh, ABC. I know the, the settlement for Robach was probably uh, extremely lucrative. Yeah. Because she also threatened then, uh, like uh, Chris Harrison, when uh, they wanted to get rid of him from The Bachelor because he was banging some of the chicks or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it was that he did. I don't know. It was something unscrupulous uh, that didn't look good for the host. And then he, uh, you know, they, they tried to stiff him on the money they owed him, and then he ended up getting, like, uh, you know, more than a couple of times that, I think, because he threatened to write a book. And he said, you know what, I'll expose all of you clowns. I think she threatened to do the same thing or implied that, uh, you know, a book may be forthcoming, uh, throwing a lot of filth and sewage she should do it. On the rest of the staff of ABC. I mean, I think she should do it. I, look, I think that's a weird reason. If I, like, as long as it's consensual and there's been no issues. And they were popular, right? Reported, I think they were doing fine in the rainy. You know? Like, you should be allowed to do whatever the hell you want. With, look, you're talking to the wrong. I'm very liberal. I'm not libertarian because they go too far, but I'm very liberal. Like, I, I'm not one to get in the way of people's lives. Live your life as long as you don't hurt other people and don't get in the way of other people's lives. That's well, way. they didn't get arrested or anything. It's I mean, not illegal. It's not like they were dealing meth, uh, you know, on the side. Look, a lot of these businesses, uh, and that's what the, the Celtics had a morality clause because they want to protect themselves because they're in the, Ime the Udoka, media. Yeah, the they're coach. in the media. And I don't know what he did though. They they never really fully disclosed what it was. He was cheating on. His... And, and and you know how, how do you have Woj and and Windhorst and all of these people and they haven't figured out what the hell happened there. He was cheating on his longtime girlfriend, Neil Long, which is someone a lot of us know. That okay, that, that's era. you know not exactly that's admirable, his but uh, that's his yeah. business. Like it's between him and Nia and the people involved. Like, but they had a morality clause, so they could say, "Well, and it, look, I get why they have it, so that if you do something that's going to make them look bad, they can fire you and you can't sue them." But yeah, I, okay, people are. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I, I understand having a morality clause, like like uh, for certain things, but uh, I, I don't know that that would be outlined in one of them, right? These conditional clauses. Remember, in baseball, one of the first uh, conditional clauses was for a pitcher named Jim Lonborg, who was with the Boston Red Sox, and he was a fairly prominent guy. 
and he injured his knee in a skiing accident. This was before knee surgery could actually repair a guy's knee. Like you were, you were permanently compromised, and it was a very complicated thing. It took a long time to come back. There was nothing uh, like arthroscopic or any of this stuff, uh, you know, where, where some robot did the thing, and there was barely even an incision. And uh, I believe he came back with a clause in his contract, one of the first real conditional clauses that I ever recall seeing, where they said, well, you can't go skiing in the offseason. Yes, yes, they'll do that a lot now. Yes. Which I was thinking, uh, you know, I mean, now you have ones with uh, ATVs and stuff like that, yep. dangerous uh, pieces of equipment, and you still have guys that are getting injured, you know, doing this sort of thing. Kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, the uh, conditional clause, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I remember um, standard clauses and procedures what was a hideous chapter in my life uh, that, uh, you know, when I got my first uh, decent radio job that had a contract involved, uh, I, I was very happy about it. And then later, I never wanted to have a contract. Exactly. Yeah. Because exactly. uh, this way, you could do whatever the hell you wanted. And, and if you felt like you were being mistreated, you could go somewhere else. That, that's when there were options. The contract. Now I would uh, you know, chop off my right arm for a, a three-year deal that uh, <laughs> was guaranteed. Yeah, as long as it's guaranteed. Yeah. That's the problem. The guy contracts aren't guaranteed. So then it just but but they had a thing called standard uh, clauses and procedures yep. that was like a, a l- giant a volume. I mean, it literally looked like a, an encyclopedia. And, and, you know, you didn't bother to read that because you're just thinking, wow, they're going to pay me like 40 grand. This was years ago mm-hmm. to, to, to do sports talk. And, and I have the chance to maybe make like $100,000. That would be awesome. Uh, you know, and, and naturally you're going to sign the contract uh, without necessarily, I mean, if you scrutinize these standard clauses and procedures, you would have realized that you weren't allowed to take a piss <laughs> without the company being able to fire you for cause. It's incredible. That's the problem. Yeah. So when they wanted to get rid of you, all they had to do was, and then on top of that, they owned you for the next 12 years. Well, and that, yeah, the non-competes. That's, that's the thing is you can't ever do anything or they can get rid of you and then you can't work again. Right. <laughs> They fire you, and you can't work somewhere else, even though three places have already contacted you to say, hey, are you under a contract with these guys? Because yep. uh, they're, they're morons yep. for letting you go, right? At the height of your popularity in this industry. Incredible. What a joke. What are you going to do, Louie? What are you going to do? That's why we talk the working sports. mother, I have nothing but respect. Now, is she only talking about single mothers? Uh, no, no. I, uh, it's just, it's, and it's something that it's funny. Like, I, 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 whether it's watching TV, movies, or being out in the real world, no. it's like something, like Shirley literally... And it's financial, but also like the way you look to a building. Uh, look, in some industries now, they're modern enough where they're very friendly to women who get pregnant or women who are mothers. But old school companies look on at it because that's one employee down. And I get it from that standpoint, but fathers do the same thing too. There are plenty of fathers that are, re- are raising their children and then working and having a kid gets in the way, but it's weird. Businesses still to this day see it differently. Like women being a mother and a worker is different than a father being a father and a worker. Yeah. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting. Uh, Paula Ferris, uh, very lovely young lady and uh, very accomplished. Uh, You know, had taken time to be with us here on Believe on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. You can catch our our regular show, which is uh, very much more, as you guys know by now, sporting and tennis intensive. Uh, and that'll be happening tomorrow, 7 o'clock, uh, and that's on South Florida Live. Uh, you can uh, download that at any time, actually, those yes. shows. Yes. Uh, they're on uh, running on uh, there's just an endless loop. Yes. And, and then uh, we have a new thing on Five Reasons Sports Network, which, uh, you know, is fairly uh, easy enough to Google. Five Reasons Sports Network, Defo on Five, which also features 
may have to put that up there with Mike Luby Lubitz. Uh, Louis, I'm I think there. you've been aced out of the title of the show, and uh, it's misleading to people <laughs> who are thinking, how is Defoe changing his voice like that to respond to things that he said? <laughs> they, they know I'm there. I make sure I'm known. But, yeah, you should check it out. It's on YouTube, yeah. Defoe on 5, and there's a daily installment of that. As also the South Florida Live YouTube network, uh, the Defoe Show with Luby. So check out our other uh, programs as well. And hopefully we'll connect with Brandon Lang because we're getting into the college basketball tournaments and, and that'll be cranking up and we'll have that for you later in the week. Right here on Believe where we tell you uh, always, I mean, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you endeavor to do, very important. We were trying to chase down a rainbow pick six at uh, Gulfstream Park yesterday and uh, the guy was a non-believer who was uh, trying to figure out what horses to play and I kept telling him, you know what, Big Al? We're not going to hit this thing unless you buy into the concept that you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.